0: The last uh, couple weeks, the last several weeks, we've been dealing with just some of the basics again. We dealt with the beginning of January, the fear of God, what that really looks like, uh, living in the awe and reverence of the fact that without Him, we can do nothing, we are nothing, we are at a loss. Uh, Then we followed up with uh, Brother Curtis and myself shared in in various Sundays in, in, in some of that area. And then uh, we began the Holy Spirit um, two weeks ago, just looking at who the Holy Spirit is, uh, walking in Holy Spirit power, what the power of the Holy Spirit looks like. And the Lord won't let me leave that yet. So we're just going to begin to uh, today just to look a little bit further, flesh out the, our understanding of uh, God's uh, move and power through His Holy Spirit, if we can do that today. Let me just uh, tell you a quick little story. I remember back about 2008 or so, my wife had um, requested that I I, I make, I can't remember what it was she asked me to make. Uh, uh, And and yet all I knew was, okay, I better make this thing. And I'm glad my wife likes rustic and country because that's what it's going to look like. And I can't remember if it was a table or what. I don't remember what it was. So I start in what little understanding I had had of woodworking, and let me tell you, it was little, and I tried, oh, it was those benches, it was those benches that we have out front, the storage benches, yeah, that's what they were, and so I'm like, when I started trying to join particular corners in certain ways, face against face in corners, I thought, I don't want the nails sticking out. And, and, and I, I don't want uh, everything being seen, the, the, the heads of the nails, the, 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 the screws, whatever I was using at the moment to attach. And I thought, Lord, how do you do this? And I was trying to make these wood plates that would cover uh, uh, the, the joints. And it just, it looked ridiculous. I thought, there's got to be a better way. There really has to be a better way. And at that point, very limited in my knowledge, still am. But uh, I, I, I thought, Lord, what am I going to do? And I got frustrated. And so I was about ready to quit. And then good old Google came along. And I just typed up how to join, you know, make these joints here. And I was introduced to uh, something that was life-changing, revolutionary in my understanding, turned me upside down. Not quite Jesus, no, but it's called the Craig Jig. Anybody familiar with the Craig jig? Hallelujah. It's just simply, it's a pocket screw jig. Suddenly, the whole world was opened up to me, how I could do this and look like a professional when I don't have a clue what I'm doing. And I share all that to say, isn't it interesting how the pressures off And success is assured when you have the proper tool, right? Man, the pressure was off. What took me two days to try to figure out for one box, I was able to do the rest of them in less than two hours. And I thought, wow, I was fretting, I was fuming, I was just frustrated. But when you have the right tool, it just makes all the difference in the world. Church, when we are operating with the tools that our mighty God has given us, the pressure's off, and we see mighty fruit, mighty power. Problem is, most of us are either ignorant of the tools that He has given us, or we refuse to use the tools that He has given us. Psalm 127 verse 1 says this, when it comes to ministry and it comes to, it comes to the church, it says this, "...unless the Lord builds the house," builds the body, builds, "...unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain." Now, what exactly is being said there? Well, here's the thing, unless the Lord is allowed to give us with what He's given us, unless we do that, then what we do is useless, pointless, fruitless. It won't last, and it will mean nothing in eternity. Let me just read it from a few other uh, translations real quick. This is from the Passion. This is what it says in the same verse, "'If God's grace does not help the builders,' they will labor in vain to build a house. If God's grace... Now, I want you to think about something. When God moves, most often, how does He move? Through who? Through who? His body, right? Through the body of Christ. That's how He moves. Now, you say, well, doesn't God do spontaneous miracles? You better believe it, and they are awesome. But when God, most, many of the times when God moves, it's through His body. Even when miracles are performed, they are often performed and done through the body. Okay? So here's the thing. If God's grace doesn't help the builders, isn't allowed to stock us up with the tools we need, then we're going to labor in vain. You say, well, what are you talking about? Well, Romans 12 says this. It says, we have different gifts. Look at your brother and sister say, we have have different gifts. We have different gifts. And listen to this next line in Romans 12. In fact, I'm going to talk real slow and let Teresa try to type Romans 12, verse 6 here real quick. Because I want you to see this on the screen. We have different gifts according to... To the what given us, so if God's grace doesn't help us by giving us what, then the labors or the, the workers labor in vain. So we can, we can play church, we can play being the body of Christ, but is that going to be successful? No, <laughs> it's not. And it goes on to say, I, I just like how the Living, Version, the Living Bible ends it. It says, Psalm 127.1, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builder's work is useless. That's a heavy word, isn't it? Now, can I just ask you a question, just to ponder with me, as the body of believers, how much of the things that the body of believers, and we'll just use nowadays because that's what we know best, how much of the work that the body of believers do is really useful? Now maybe it's useful to us, but I'm talking about God, God-led use. God-inspired use. And you say, "But man, now you're telling us that we have to have, know what God wants us to do." Exactly. Exactly. That's why we wait upon the Lord to get our marching orders and then go with it. How many know that if you go with your feelings, we're all in trouble? How many know if you go with your opinions, you're going to at least find 50 others that don't match yours? But what I do know is that when the God, God is moving in a mighty way and His Holy Spirit begins to move, it brings unity. And we become, as the, in the book of Acts says, there were one mind, one heart, and one mind. They didn't do that. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no way I can be in unity with Casey Flippin. I'm talking about useful unity. Hey, we can talk about all sorts of stuff, and that's great, that's, that's, that's all right. I'm not saying it's bad, but that's just kind of here, right? But when it comes to true spiritual unity, there's only one way we're going to become, be, be brought into unity, and that is through the Holy Spirit. So as a body of believers, that's what we have to do. And as we're bound together, then we start to realize, wow, how many of us have been using the tools that God gave us? Don't look at me. Look at you. Don't look at Sunday school teachers or small group leaders. Look at you. Have you been using the tools God's given you? Bottom line, Zechariah 4 6 says this Not by might, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You will succeed because of my spirit. When we are empowered by the Spirit of God, it changes everything. When we operate in our opinions, we operate in our own strength, we will fall flat on our faces. Now, can I ask you a question? Can you see now why sin is so destructive? Because sin always comes out of our own feelings and our own, and our own opinions. Sin never comes out of the Spirit leading us. Sin comes out of our own strength and our own power trying to operate. So what's being said here? It's time for the church to stop walking in sin. What do you mean? When we are focused on getting things done in our own strength and our own power, we are walking in what? We will fall into sin. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, you've all heard it before. It's talking about there'll be a, in the last days, the church will have a form of godliness while denying its power. Right? I like how it says this, though. Uh, another, another, another paraphrase says, you will look religious, but you will be absolutely powerless. <laughs> Boy, I just described a uh, what. You will look religious, you'll go to church every Sunday you'll do your devotions, you'll pray, but you will not rely on the Spirit of God and therefore you will be powerless. You will not use the tools that God has given you and you will be powerless. You will not operate in the gifts that I have given you and you will be powerless. I've seen person after person, whether it's because they were hurt by, the, 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 by, by people, or they just don't care, they want to do their own thing, where they just push their giftings aside. Or maybe they say, I don't know it, I don't know it, but it, oftentimes we, we, we get so confused about what our gifts are because we want our gifts to build us up rather than knowing that our gifts are to be used to build others up. See, there are some people that want the superstar gifts, and there really are no superstar gifts. <laughs> people say that. But how will this make me look? How will this make me? Enough with you. Your gifts are for the building up of the body. Amen? I mean, I want you to look at it. I just pulled out four verses out of Acts. Check this out. Acts 4.31. The the body was filled with the Spirit, and they spoke the word boldly. How did they speak the word boldly? Filled with the Spirit, okay? Um, Acts 7.55. They were full of the Spirit, and Stephen was full of the Spirit and saw the glory of God. How did they see the glory of God? Full of the Spirit. Um, Acts chapter 9, verse 31. They were strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, and the church grew in numbers. How did the church grow in numbers? Acts chapter 19, verse 6. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. How in the world did they speak in tongues and prophesy? Holy Spirit. We've got to lay aside this whole, and I said it last week, we've got to lay aside this whole fear over the top or radical. You know what? The Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit. Let him do what he wants to do in us. Stop being so concerned and coming up with theologies why it's not for today. So you're going to rip out 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but keep Ephesians chapter 4. Why are we doing that? No. How many agree the word is the word is the word? From front to back. How many agree? Hey, I'm not here pressing you. I'm not saying the only way you know how to be saved, if you're saved, is if you speak in tongues. I have nothing to do with it. I'm just saying let the Holy Spirit do His thing and stop being so focused on what is and what isn't. See, here's the thing. Without the Spirit, we'd operate on our own resources. How many? Let's just imagine what it would be like without the Holy Spirit. Ask your neighbor, what would it be like without the Holy Spirit? Really, two questions before we go into this would be, would your life look any different? And if not, why? Without the Spirit, we would operate on our own abilities. We'd have to transform ourselves into likeness. I'm already worn out, and I've only read two of them. We'd have no way to really understand Scripture. We'd have no guide. We'd have no real way of being moved into the truth. We'd have no comforter. We'd have no praying on our behalf. How many, if you have truly grasped this, are beyond thankful that the Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf when you don't know how to pray? Oh, come on. Aren't you glad about that? How many of us have sat before going, I don't know what to say. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are interceding on my behalf. But we we wouldn't have that. There would be no power to share Jesus with anybody. It would be up to us to convince them to come to Jesus. Can you imagine that? Every person you share Jesus with, you have to convince them. Then again, I think a lot of people try to do that and then, get, and then fail and quit. We're not called to convince people of Jesus. We're just called to share Him. Let the Holy Spirit do the convicting. Let Him do the work. But see, we would be lost without Him. We'd have to convince people on our own. And here's the worst one. We'd have no assurance of our salvation without the Holy Spirit we'd have no presence of God living in us. Oh, my word. Anybody wish the Holy Spirit wasn't around? I mean, David, King David, didn't even know the fullness of the Holy Spirit as we as the body of Christ do because Christ had not come and then uh, died, rose again, ascended into heaven where now the Holy Spirit indwells in us. King David didn't have that at that point. He only had the relationship with the Father and to the best of his ability. And even at that point, he's saying in Psalm 51, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't. Because he knew what it was to try to live without the Holy Spirit. And yet I believe that there's a numbness amongst the churches and especially in American westernized civilization to lean on ourselves, lean on our money, lean on our abilities, lean on our, uh, all the things that we think we can do rather than leaning on the Holy Spirit. And we've grown numb to even know what it's like to not have the Holy Spirit is hearing me right now. See, and, and, and there's a whole thing. It's a different way of being. It may not look super different here, but boy, the power just then begins moving amongst people. Everything we were trying to beat our heads against the wall to do is now happening because the Holy Spirit's the one doing it, not us. I'm not saying that the things we do, for the most part, are bad. They just cannot be in our own strength. Look at your neighbors and say, they can't be in our own strength. They can't. So they may not ring them. He's hearing that right now. What are some of these giftings that the Lord gives? I'm just going to run through a super fast list. If you want to get a pen out, I'll just give you the Scriptures, where to look at, look at them further, if anybody wants to talk about them. But I'm just going to give you a, a handful of them. I can't give them all today. But you'll find in 1 Corinthians 12, actually, I'm going to start with the ones that everybody just knows we'll just go with those, okay? Ephesians chapter 4 talks about evangelism. That doesn't mean that not everybody isn't called to share Jesus. It just means there's certain folks that there's such an anointing and a gifting that you just see great masses of people coming to know Christ. I'll just throw it out there. Billy Graham. That was not Billy Graham who did that. That was the Holy Spirit through him declaring. Was he an imperfect man? Yes. Yes. And I've heard people say, well, Billy Graham, if Billy Graham can't get to heaven, there's no way I could. You know what? Just drop the comparison stuff. We get to to heaven by Jesus. Faith in Christ. Amen? But there was an anointing, a gift that Billy Graham opened up, took out from under the Christmas tree and opened up and walked in. And we saw what happened there. Apostleship. I believe that still operates today. You see a lot of those are being used to plant churches throughout the world and bring leadership, bring leadership to groups of churches and and, and bodies of believers throughout the world. Romans 12, we have gifts of mercy. We have leadership. This is all Romans 12. We have giving in Romans 12. We have encouragement in Romans 12. We have teaching in Romans 12. We have service. This is another gift, a gift of service. Gifts of administration are found in 1 Corinthians 12. I find this interesting. How many people would be scared to have a gift of administration besides me? No, I'm just I just know I don't have it. (laughs) I know I don't have it. But gift of administration, you know, oh, it sounds fairly normal. In the same verse, (laughs) let me make sure I tell you this right, same chapter, another gift talked about is the gift of tongues, gift of interpretation of tongues, gifts of prophecy, right alongside of gifts of administration. Now, if the Lord meant for these and these to be together, shouldn't we just look at them as gifts of the Holy Spirit and just say, Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to do in me? Right? Just do. Here I am, sticking my finger in the light socket. I know it's going to shake me up a little bit, (laughs) somehow, but it's going to operate through me me either being a great encourager, and exhorter, or the Lord may give me words of of wisdom to share with people, or words of knowledge where the Lord exposes things in other people's lives, and I'm able to just declare them, or you're able to declare them, and, and, and to encourage them to say, hey, the Lord does know your heart. He's saying this to you and in you. There's gifts of discerning spirits. I was telling the difference between a, a demon and what God is moving, because remember, Satan is a counterfeiter. Workers of miracles, gifts of healing, gifts of faith, they're all in the Word. Don't push them off the table, folks, because that's why the church is in the shape it's in. We're refusing to use the tools that the, gift, that, that the Lord has given us through His grace. Does everyone hear that? Okay. So, this is just kind of what I want to look at just for a few minutes today, then, is this. How do we discover, then, what is the gifts that God has given us? How many people know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? How many are growing in that? I mean, you may, want, you may not be where you want to be, but you definitely know God's brought you farther along than you were. Anybody say amen to that? Yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm not exactly where I want to be, but, boy, I know I'm, be- I'm farther along the road than I was a year ago, Right? God's moving, okay? Well, if that's the case, every one of you has a gift to share. Every one of you has been given a tool to be a part of the, uh, of the body, not just White Hill, but period. Amen? And what, how is it that we grow in these things and find out what it is, not just grow, find out uh, what these are? I want everybody, real quick, and this may sound overly simplistic, but I want everybody to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you could, just real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, 1 Corinthians 12 is where you're going to find a slew of giftings of the, from the Holy Spirit in the earlier part of that chapter. So, I'd encourage you to take a look at that. Romans 12 is another, as I shared before, another cha- uh, chapter in, that has a lot... But in, uh, 1 Corinthians 12... And what I want you to look at real quick is this. Let's start at verse 27, okay? I'm in the NIV. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Okay, if you agree with that, let me hear you say amen. Okay, and God has placed in the church, where's the church at? I just want to make sure we're all, where's the church? It's the body of Christ. That's us, body of Christ. In the church... Um, first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kind of tongues are all are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers? do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? But it goes on to say, eagerly desire the greater gifts. In other words, eagerly desire, I'm just going to make this very simple, eagerly desire that which fulfills the will of God through you in the church. So just be open. Can anybody just say, I'm open to the Holy Spirit? I'm open. I'm open to the Holy Spirit. It says, but it goes on to say, write the next one down, and right before chapter 13. And yet, I will show you the most excellent way. Now, what we find out about 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is that is known as, and read at weddings a lot, it's known as what? The love chapter. It's the love chapter. And you know what's being said here? Hey, I'm going to give you gifts, but the best way you're going to be able to operate in them, even the best way you're going to find out about them, is by living a life of what? Love. Whose love? Live through you, so that when you approach people, just because you may have a gift of prophecy does not put you above that person next to you. You're approaching them with God's. Just because you have another gifting in another area does not put you above them. That puts you on the same plane as them, so that you can minister and encourage them, and they to you. Amen? And that's done through love. How do we find out our gift? Get your eyes off yourself and start in what you don't have and start saying, Lord, I want to be so filled with your love. And doesn't he promise he'll pour it out over us? I so want to be filled with your love. Do whatever you want in, in me so that I can just operate in love towards all those around me. You know what's going to happen as you start operating in his love? You're going to start finding the gifts that he's given you. Why? Because what is the purpose of these gifts? Well, we just said the word love. His love manifested where? His love manifested where? His love manifested where? And not just the body, the world. Okay, is everybody with me? His love manifests in the world, giving us gifts to build up one another as a body and expose the world to Him. In one other place that we find out, we say, so I need to operate in love? Yes. So if you operate in unforgiveness, don't think you're going to go finding your gift very easily. Lord, I'm living in sin. I'm, I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for purifying me. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for giving me what I need. And thank you for beginning to show me how you want to use me. How many recall what I've said over and over again? God's real desire is to hit the factory reset button in your life and bring you back to what He created you to be in the first place, right? Is that not what He wants to do? And He wants to bring you back to what He created you to be. So Romans 12.3 says this, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. It's interesting. Paul's saying right here, God has given me grace. Well, a gift through His grace to speak a warning about pride. This is Romans 12.3. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion. In other words, get your eyes off of who? off of you, and not create a false image of your importance. <laughs> Get your eyes off you. Stop thinking so highly about yourself. Don't even think you have what you think you have. You have nothing without Jesus. Amen? But how many know Jesus is more than enough? He's beyond more than enough. He said, instead, honestly assess your worth. Everybody say Worth. By using your God-given faith as a standard of measurement. And then you will see your true value. Everybody say value. Your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. God wants to show you what your what, what He's got for you and who you are in Him. Your value. And that includes the gifts. So when we begin to surrender and say, you know what? Just because uh, that person did whatever they did to me, and it's hurt me, and I'm walking in unforgiveness. I, wanna, I want you guys to hear very closely. When you are walking unforgiveness, you're basically walking as though you're better than them. If you are unwilling to forgive someone else, you are living as though you're better than them. And that right there is going to negate what God can do through you until you see otherwise. Otherwise. So, when you walk in anger and bitterness towards someone else, you are walking in pride because what you're doing is protecting yourself and saying, I'm better. Now, yeah, maybe you have acted better than they did, but you need Jesus just like they need Jesus, right? And has anybody been changed for the positive by someone who looked down on you, that's what unforgiveness is. That's what bitterness is towards others. So, we have to lay that down and say, Lord, it's so hard. Absolutely, it's hard. It wouldn't be an issue if it wasn't hard, but the Lord says, hey, my love will drive this stuff out, this fear, this stuff. It will transform you, and then I can move in you and through you. Amen? I'm just going to stop there for today because I, I could go on, but I'm, I'm not. I, I just want you guys to hear for a second. God has gifted every one of you from James and Jordan all the way back to Harley and Oliver and Frida and Rose. Gifted every one of you. He has given you a gift. Some of you multiple gifts, and that doesn't mean you go, well, why did he get more than us? Stop. Stop. Right, right. I know you're not know, what? They've only totally got three gifts, God. Come on. Oh. See, that's what, and we laugh about because we know that's what the church does. We act like we're kindergarten, you know? No. Lord, whatever gift you have given me, and how many know that God has said He's given you a gift? Whatever gift you've given me, I thank you for making that clear. And I want to operate in it as empowered by the Holy Spirit. And whatever that is, here i am send me that i may operate in might and empower your might and empower i can't stand i know that just sounded rough but it's true because they come off conceited they come off like they've got all the answers and they come off like they're all high and mighty and they come off looking very wimpy and unloving Oh, well, the list could go on, couldn't it? How many have experienced that kind of church before? Come on. Outside of the Holy Spirit, that's what church looks like. But, but, capital B, but, far be it from me to walk in condemnation of those that haven't seen yet. They will. They will. I'm just beginning to grasp this. I think some of you are beginning to grasp this. It's not some hidden thing. It is called surrender. It's saying, not me, God, but, not me, Holy Spirit, but, work in me. I surrender. I'm going to stop getting my hands all over it. You know? My girls, they know not to come to me when they need their hair done. That's not my gift. And Tracy, I think, said a little while ago, I think you said this morning, girls, daddy just use, knows that he can't do your hair, and now he uses it so he doesn't even have to take the time to learn. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know, I plead ignorance. I cannot French braid. I cannot do the princess poof. I cannot do anything. I can do a ponytail, and that is it. And even at that point, my four-year-old mocks me, so I just don't get it. That's not my gift. And it would be wrong for anyone to look at me and say, what a horrible father you are. Right? What a horrible father you are. You can't do your girl's hair. Does that even make sense? Then don't look at another believer who hasn't quite got it yet. Our prayer is this, I'm still a father, we're still children of God. Holy Spirit, you begin exposing more, because all I'm talking about is what it means to grow in the Lord and begin to be, say, you know, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me, melt me, mold me, fill me. That's what we're talking about today, so that we can get to use me. You following me? That's what I'm talking about today. Now, I just challenge every one of you sitting here, the more we say it's just about surrendering to the Holy Spirit, the more we realize the pressure's off. Stop trying to be Mr. and Mrs. Perfect Christian. Stop trying to get it all right. Realize that you never will. Surrender to Him. He's already done it all right. Let Him do it through you. How do I do that when He exposes things in you? Now, let's just take a a quick, just the last 30 seconds. Who here struggles with, and I'll I'll group it up so you don't feel like you have to put your hand up, I'll group it up, any number of relational issues, bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, frustration with others, who struggles with that? Hands up, hands up. Okay. If the Lord has exposed that to you, He didn't expose that in you to beat you down. He exposed that in you to say, hey, I want to free you of this so that we can move forward. Does that make sense? How many here struggle with, you know, uh, uh, frustration, depression, doubt, uh, aggravation with all people, (laughs) you know, on and on and on and on and on and on? You know what I'm saying? There you go. And and, and so the Lord exposes those things so that he can say, hey, I want to free you of this. Surrender it to me. Oh, it's so hard. Yes, because we've been trying to get rid of it in our own strength. I surrender, Lord, I can't. And he says, yes, I know. Now let me. One step at a time, steps, guys. Baby steps around the office, baby steps down the grocery aisle, it's going to be baby steps, and then there's going to be massive leaps at times too. But you keep surrendering to the Lord, and let Him reveal the gift in you. I will say this. I think it's sometimes easier for people outside of myself to see the giftings that God has given me than it is for me to see them. You know? I already know about five or six people that I would point out right now that say I would say they are evangelists. They are evangelists, but they have not had their eyes open to it yet. I can say it about some others, too. I know there's people here that have words of knowledge but are scared to walk in it because they don't want people to be think they're weird or get it wrong. Lord... You have gifted every one of us. I thank you for those gifts. I thank you, Lord, that you want to work in us and through us. So in Jesus' name, if this, whoever this includes in here, I just want you to say, here I am. Here I am doing me whatever you want to do. Here I am. Work within me. I want to be what you've called me to be. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you, Lord, for empowering me. Thank you for moving in me and through me. Oh, God, thank you that, Lord, we may see you build this house and that we not labor in vain and do that which is useless, but see that every opportunity is made the most of and great things come about because you've done them. Thank you, Jesus, for your love, your grace, and your mercy. To God be the glory. Great things you have done, great things you're doing, great things you're going to do. In Jesus' name, thank you.